Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell here, Kurt Souter there, Ken Evans over there. And we are talking today about how to, or actually some things that keep us from discipling our kids. Uh, I know that uh, it is really easy. This show is a show I need to hear and don't want to hear today because uh, sometimes we, in these seasons, weeks, we're like, okay, I'm just the biological babysitter of my kids, right? Are you fed? Are you safe? I love you. Let's throw the ball around. And it's easier to do those things and versus having to dive into. Uh, but I always, always find that's a reflection of where I am with my walk with God. If I'm being discipled by my dad in heaven, meaning I'm looking to him as his son, a lot of times that will overflow and uh, boy, we can run into some some hiccups. So some of the few, few things we've covered in the first couple segments were, one, we are inadequate, which you are, by the way. That's great to admit it, that we are inadequate, but God is adequate. And we are inadequate to disciple our kids. And that's one big fear that we use as an excuse. Number two is we feel guilty um, about, as dads, all the mistakes we've made and all the things we've done in, incorrectly. And then the third one we just covered a minute ago was... How, how do we, Confusion, where to start. That's it, where to begin. Where, where, do, we, where do we begin? And we talked about uh, you know Proverbs and just jumping into the book of Proverbs. And uh, if you don't know, what, what's what's today? The fourth. 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 fourth and how about so, I do? The, how about we just do a random? All right, ready? Let's try it. Ready? Let's test the theory. Boom, there Chad, you go. Chad just opened his book to the to, to Proverbs, Proverbs and number he stuck 19. His hand. Here we go. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. There we go. Could you have a conversation, seriously, about that scripture? Could you have a conversation with a 12-year-old child or an 8- or 14-year-old child about school and things they see that go on at school and the way of the wicked? Or could they see it in our culture? Could they see it on TV? Or could they see it somehow? Piece of cake. It's a 20-minute discussion right there. Darkness is all around us. That that would not be hard to... Yeah, and eventually, oh, man, I'm so glad that worked. Golly, that was <laughs> that was. I didn't know you were going to test the theory. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just God's word is inexhaustible, and we just need. And it's not like we got to go read ten chapters, just one verse, and all of God's word is truth. So, you know, we 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 start there. We we also talked a little bit about you know owning our own sin, owning our own junk, and and just confess confession and just you know getting that out in the open uh can't talk with um what was the last one we had no model we yeah talk about a, that just a little bit that's a huge one right because as you look at our current culture and i don't want to say american culture i'll just say the world in general but but specifically in america um we're at the one we're at the tail end of a generational kind of fatherhood exodus statistically speaking that i don't know we've ever seen quite before um so what that means is the average, say, 10, 15-year-old kid looks up his family tree and sees no example, no, no dad, <clears throat> no granddad, maybe even no great-granddad, who was a responsible father. Like, if he looks up, he sees a dozen marriages, he sees, you know, all kinds of abuse or alcoholism, or he just sees all kinds of things as he looks up his family tree, and so he's desperately searching for a model to follow. Well, <clears throat> a lot of us guys who are in our 30s or 40s, who have young kids or 50s, we had that, <clears throat> we're at the tail end of that. And so we had that same experience where we didn't have a model to follow. We weren't discipled in our home. When we first started Manhood Journey, there were about 15 guys in the room. And they were all volunteers at our church. And I remember asking those 15 guys, hey, of, of you 15 guys, who would say, raise your hand, if your dad was your primary discipler in your home? 
And how many hands do you think went up? I'll let your readers kind of guess. I'm saying zero. And, and Chad says zero. Kurt says two. The three hands went up. Hmm. But regardless of whether it's one, two, or three, 12 out of 15 of those guys, and I think it was fairly statistically accurate, 12 out of 15 of those guys said, no, my dad wasn't my discipler. So then when they turn and look at their own marriage or their own kids, they think, I don't even know, like, I what does this look like? I like, I'm, It's, it's kind of like you take a guy, you throw him on. I remember going to England one time and I was watching a cricket match on television and I thought, what in the world are they doing? Like, I didn't have any context at all. And if you'd thrown me on the cricket field, I don't even know they call it a field. If you'd thrown me down there, I wouldn't have known what to pick up where to throw stuff, where to run, what to catch, what not to catch. No clue. And that's where a lot of guys find themselves. They're playing a game yeah. they've never seen played before firsthand. And so, okay, so what What does a guy do, Kent? Well, you go to England, you ask a guy how to play cricket. <laughs> Step one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that was funny, though. The guys who were explaining it, I was with colleagues, and they were explaining cricket to me. And the, the waiter walked by and goes, hey, there's a matchup on the telly. Turn it on for the American. And so they actually turned a match on so I could see what was going on. Um <laughs> The first thing we've got to do is get over the what I would call, and, and some guys may be a little bit offended by this. Sorry if that's you listening. We've got to get over the victim mentality of that situation. Yeah. So what, what can happen if you've been, if you if that's your story, and it probably is, you can't let that become your future. You know, we all know those quotes about just because your your past isn't your past doesn't mean it's got to be your future and so forth. But that's true, man. That's true. If your story includes a family tree that's kind of messed up uh that doesn't mean the family tree that you're now um the top of if you will there's a there's a downstream family tree coming that you may only see one or two generations of it doesn't have to look just like the one you grew up in and if you can get over that sort of victim mentality where you go i'll never be able to do this because my dad didn't and my mom don't and all that stuff we tell ourselves that's really step one you know i i know of a guy who has never met his dad, mm. and he is committed his life to, to, to try to walk with Christ and, and to pour into his kids. And, and I just go, yes, yes. That, that's it. That's it. Because he didn't even know his dad. Well, and look at guys we raise up as heroes of the faith. How many can we find where their actual discipleship happened at home? A bunch didn't. No. I, I don't know what exactly. Look at the 12 disciples. Throw Paul in there as the, as the uh, you know, the uh, grafted in 12th, right? Look at those guys. Did they all walk from a, a, a season of coming out of a home that encouraged them to follow the Lord? I, I don't know. But I mean, even our modern day guys, I can think of preachers who I respect, authors who I respect, guys who I know who are leading a really godly life. Who That's not the home that they grew up in. So just for, I think step one is to kind of get over that. And I, and I know that sounds awfully trite and flippant, but that it really is. If you if you take your mindset and say, you know, I can overcome that. Yeah. Be, that but it doesn't have to bind me. Because the truth is, the Bible says we are more than conquerors. Absolutely. Jesus is with us. He's for us. God, I will not be afraid. I, I, I can do this, not in my own strength, but I can do this through Christ who, who will give me the strength and the wisdom and the help. Well, and that's one of the key things, Kurt, is that... I'm not trying to parent uh, out of my own ability to parent. I almost look at it like a, a, a chain, a link chain, right? Mm. I'm not trying to be the link in between my kids and God in that context. I'm trying to be a conduit. You know, the, the, the metaphor that I might use that maybe is a little better. <clears throat> if there's a river and the river has great water and I want everyone to drink out of the river, I can take two approaches. One approach is I come and show them to go down to the river. Hey, everybody, come down to the river. 
Or, or I can go down to the river and get a ladle and scoop it out and bring it up to everybody. Because of my pride, I want to be the guy who brings you the river. No, 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 no. I just want to show you where it is. And so that, for me as a parent, mm. I'm not trying to get them to you know, say nice things at my funeral and cry when I die and all that stuff. Uh, great if they do, right? But at the end of the day, I just want them to love God. And if I can connect them to God directly and not be in the middle of that equation forever, then I can get myself out of the business of trying to become a perfect parent and worrying about my own upbringing and all that. Yeah. And we can, we can do that, and, but we can't do it under our own strength. We can only do it through the power of God and the Holy Spirit. And it's not a religious thing. It's not religious mm-hmm. activity, even though there'll, there'll be spiritual things that we do and practices that we do, but it's, it's truly connecting them to Jesus. It's not a religious event, activity stuff. It's, <laughs> right. it's a living relationship with the creator of the world. Amen to that. Okay, so uh, what, what, what else should we do? If we're going to disciple our kids, well, I think one get thing, rid of the, the victim, you know, mentality. Yeah, especially if we're not, especially if we don't have uh, growing up, if we don't have kind of a model to follow. That's kind of the fourth thing we've talked about is we we don't have a a model to pull from. We need to become students of the word ourselves. I think of for me, I think of Psalm one nineteen. If you're listening to this show, and you think, man, I really don't know scripture or. I don't really care to know scripture if we're being completely honest. Um, and you just have a maybe a lackadaisical or kind of a, a wooden or a, a, just an approach to scripture that's callous or cold or indifferent. Go read Psalm 119 over and over and over until your heart changes because mm-hmm. it will change. When you, you can't look at the author of Psalm 119, which most folks think is David, a little, a little fuzzy on that one, but Psalm 119, if you go look at Psalm 119, over and over and over again, you will find a person whose heart for God's word is so impassioned. It, it, he can't sleep. He can't wake up. He can't walk without thinking about God's word. And if you can dive in to Psalm 119 and develop a burning passion, and this, this dogs me even today, right? And, and I say even today, meaning I've been a believer over 20 years and I love God's word, but man, there are times when I read it because I'm supposed to. You know, and that's those feel boring and unfulfilling and not very exciting. Um, but when I look back at Psalm 119, I'm re-enthused. It's like I've got little coals around the fire and they get relit again when I see the heart and the passion of the Psalm 119 author who just deeply, deeply loves God's word. Mm. You know, I, I just did a, a talk with some guys and it was about it was on Psalm 119. And it says, you know, how, if you want to be sharper than the competition, if you'd like to be a little bit, have the edge on, on even your teachers and those who are older than you, it says right there, if, if my, your commands, Lord, make me wiser than my competition. I'm like going, who doesn't want a little edge on the competition? <laughs> you know, whether you're a sales guy, whether you're, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing out there in the in business world or work world or whatever. Um, but we got to take a break right now. The time is flying. Speaking of competition, we've got to take a break for our competitors, not competitors, our, our sponsors to be able to beat their competition because they're advertising <laughs> on the show. See how they did that? Okay, I'll stop. That's fantastic. That. Right, thank you very much. So we're going to take a break, come back with our final segment. And uh, we want to thank you for listening. Speaking of our sponsors, l Credit Union, Carol Rogers Carpet One, thank you all for uh, sponsoring the show. And thank you for listening. And we're going to come back with our final segment with author Kent Evans. His book is Wise Guys, and we're going to hear more and about uh, discipling our kids and what we can do versus not just what we can't do on Solid Steps Radio.
Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. Thank you for listening. If you're just joining us and you want to hear all these past three segments, it's worth listening to. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page. You can go to iTunes. You can go to SoundCloud and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can hear that. And uh, we would appreciate you to do that and maybe pass it on to someone else. There's got to be a guy in your life who you can say, hey, this is great. Pass it along to them. Let's go have coffee and lunch and talk about it more. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. So when you sit across from another guy, this is a great conversation to talk about. We're talking today with Kent Evans of Manhood Journey, and he's the author of the book Wise Guys. And also we're talking about reasons why we do not disciple our kids, excuses really that we use, and maybe some reasons why we can overcome these to uh, to actually disciple our kids and be intentional with them. So Kent, what are some other other ways? We talked about we got to get rid of the guiltless, you know, the the guilty and and kind of the uh, um, victim mentality. We've got to we've got to get into God's word. We we've got to be a student as well. What are some other ways that we need to disciple and pour into our kids? Yeah, I think there's a couple things we can do and we one of the things that we do as guys is we see discipleship as something we do outside of ourselves, but really it's something we do inside ourselves. And so um I think there's a couple other steps besides what we've already talked about on the show today. One is learning to apologize is really powerful. Mm-hmm. So if you say, "Hey man, I I blew it." And I blew it because dad occasionally screws up and I'm a sinner and I screwed up. If you can say that to your kids, man, it unlocks all kinds of uh, it's like a it's like a pressure release valve in your family. And it, it puts things back into perspective. And it's also it's it's not that we have sometimes have done something. It's it's might be that it's something that we should have done that we didn't. Exactly. Do. Sure. So learning to apologize is a key one. Another one is engaging our spouse. I think it, uh, you know, one, one blessing that I have is a godly wife who's very faithful and diligent. And if I were to go to my wife and say, you know, I really want to be more intentional in discipling our kids. She would be all over that. She'd be thrilled to help me, not in like a nagging or some kind of a negative context. She'd be great. How can I help? And I think most of our spouses would be mm-hmm. more than delighted to help us through that process. And even if we just want some accountability along the way. Um, and then the third thing is um, find mentors, you know, find guys like uh, and, and not to overly promote the book that I wrote. But the point of the book, Wise Guys, Unlocking the Hidden Wisdom in Men Around You is finding guys in your life who know something that you don't know. Uh, Kurt's, there's a whole chapter in that book on Kurt Souter because one of the things Kurt taught me is how to shoulder tap guys to be part of a team. Uh, you've taught me a lot of other things, Kurt, but that was one of them. And um, mm. what I find is when I go to another guy and I say, hey, you know, you, ha- you have a really good marriage. Why, why is that? That's an hour or that's a long lunch. Mm-hmm. That's a long cup of coffee. And or get, out, I, get out your pen and pencil. Exactly. Or, or if I say, you know, man, your kids, every time I see your kids, uh, they are really respectful to me. They're kind to me. How do you raise kids like that? It, again, it's a whole conversation. Four or five questions, right? Or the same four or five questions I ask every guy. You know, how do you do that and so forth? And why is that? And if we can get into that mode. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we accidentally will start discipling our own kids better yes. because we're in the process of being discipled, Yes, right? It, it's statistically proven that if you go through college and then get a job, you only apply so much of your learning. However, if you're getting your college degree while you're working, you apply like three times as much of what you've learned. Why? Well, because you're using it in real time. And so if you're in the process of being discipled yourself, mm-hmm. God's word, other men in your life. Guess what? All of a sudden, you become a much better discipler of your own children and others in your life. That's 
that's great stuff. And a, and a lot of guys think, well, where am I going to find this guy or these guys? They're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. If, if you say to yourself, I want to become a better husband, I want to become a better dad, I want to become a more intentional golfer, it doesn't matter what you decide. It's amazing. It's, it's like when you buy a red car. All of a sudden, everybody's got a red car. Well, nothing changed, except now you see red cars more often because you bought one. Mm-hmm. Well, if you focus on, hey, I really want to change this about my life, you're going to find guys who come bumping into you immediately who do that thing well. It's just God's provision in your life. And all you got to do is say, hey, can we grab a cup of coffee? One of the best discipleship tools on earth is Starbucks. <laughs> no lie, right? Because 20 years ago, you had to find some place to meet, like a library or some weird place. Now you just go, hey, can we grab a cup of coffee? Man, find those guys in your life who have something figured out that you don't. Maybe they disciple their kids really well and then get around them. And if you don't and maybe you, you just can't see it, get on your knees, look, right. up, look up to heaven and say, God, I need help. And watch the living God put some men around you. Well, and I think one of the toughest things, and we see this statistically, is kids are resisting the church, resisting faith, resisting Jesus because of hypocrisy in believers. Mm-hmm. We see all kinds of examples of that, and the statistics all bear it out that one of the things the 18 to 22-year-old kid hates the most is his hypocritical parents or his hypocritical youth pastor or whatever. Mm-hmm. One of the ways we can avoid that is to honestly share our flaws and our mistakes with our own children. You know, I, I, I have so given up on trying to parent out of perfection. Mm. Hey, kids, when you become a dad, do it exactly like I did. Well, the only thing I could say that about is when you blow it like I blow it and you apologize effectively, yeah, they could do that. That'd be, that'd be a skill my kids could have, could have learned, you know, how, how to apologize when you blow it. Um, that one I may have licked only because of experience uh, of number of times of blowing it. But I think that's a really key one for us. That's a really key one. That if we can find our way to sharing with our own children our struggles, even our fears, as they get older, we can share our fears, we can share our, the things we're scared of, the things that, that we don't understand all the way. There, it, it, there might be things in Scripture you just don't totally get. You may, you may be afraid to share that with your 18-year-old child, but I'm telling you, if you share that with your child, they'll go down that path with you, and you can learn about that together. Absolutely, because and then you can ask them, say, what, you know, what, what are some what you things, what are you, what, are you, what are you afraid of? And yes, they, and then it begins this open dialogue and rich, and that's discipling. It is indeed. Your kids. Wow. That's, that's good stuff. You know, Kent, I remember, um, growing up, I am, my dad is not perfect, but I am so grateful for my dad. I know what my dad did last night at bed, at his bedside. He got on his knees and he prayed. He prayed for, uh, for me and my family and for my siblings and their families. And I watched him do that. I remember as a little boy walking by his, his bedroom and he's on his knees and I remember asking him, Dad, what do you, you know, I tried to interrupt him. And he said, just a second. I'll be with you in just mm. a minute. And, and he got done praying. I said, Dad, what are you praying? What are you praying about? He looked at me and he said, I'm praying for you. Mm. That, is, that has marked me. I'm 53 years old. And Dad, that has marked me for life. Yeah. And dads, we can have that kind of influence. We're not going to get perfect. We're not going to bet a thousand. But we surely can make a huge difference um, Kent, we're running out of time quickly, but um, just a, la- a last couple um, uh, 
bullet points here of of gold nuggets. You know, you, you reminded me. I, I wish I wish I could say my kids had the same have the same experiences you did with your dad, where they have all this deeply spiritual, cool stuff to pull from. I think one thing that I'll share that will be maybe a funny story for your listeners is there was a particular word that I was trying to get out of my vocabulary, and I won't share that word on the air. It may violate FCC rules. Um, <laughs> But it was not a good word, not a righteous word. And what we decided to do at our house was the kids got a dollar every time dad said the word. Mm. Yeah. And at the time, at the time, they were all like, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, 13. And so they could hear me. And so what was interesting about that whole process that took honestly probably a, a year Maybe, maybe more, like two years. You um, lost about 10 years of your uh, 401k? I mean, yeah, one of them's not going to college, <laughs> basically because he's already gotten the college money in the form of $1 bills. Uh, but we really went through that process, and what it taught me is, number one, <clears throat> it's okay to be imperfect as a dad. Number two, it's okay to share your struggles with your kids. Number three, money is a powerful motivator uh, for children. But number four, they don't harbor it against you that you got to work through something. They don't go, oh, my dad had to work through this. What a loser. No, no, kind of the opposite. Because my dad wanted to work through this and wanted to get to the other side of this, that makes him a winner. Now, if it takes him two years to get through it, we could debate how good of a winner he is. But uh, it was awesome, even to the point where um, I don't remember the last time I gave him a dollar for that word. Wow. Let's just say that, right? And it's not because I've got it all licked or perfect. It's just because in that particular case, I invited my kids into my struggle, uh, made it fun for them in a game sort of fashion. They made a lot of money in the process, uh, but but it taught our family something about accountability and finding people in your life who will help help you get to that next spot wherever you want to go. Beautiful story. Sometimes it's your own kids. Mm, that's good stuff. Kent, we got to go, and it's been great to have you. Thanks for coming back on the the show, and uh, guys, uh, listeners, wise guys. That's the name of the book. I encourage you to pick it up. Go to Amazon.com. Uh, Kent, would you please pray for our men, our dads right now, please? You got it. Father, I'm so grateful for Kurt and for Chad, and I'm just uh, blessed to be here. And I just pray for some guy listening uh, right now um, that you're speaking to who has drifted so far in his parenting of his children. And he realizes that, and he's going, you know, I really want to be more intentional as a dad. I want to be more engaged as a father, and I want my children to know who you are. And I want them to know you personally. And I just pray for that guy. I pray that you give that guy your spirit over and over abundantly in a way that causes him to take action, to jump into this game, to do it imperfectly, uh, to know that he doesn't have to get it right. He just has to be in the game. And I just pray for that, Lord, and ask that you help that guy Mm -hmm. to jump into the game right now. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. Kent, thanks for coming in. We're going to have pleasure. information about his book and uh, his ministry posted on our Facebook page. So uh, go to that if you want to hear about uh, more information about him, about his book, Wise Guys, about his upcoming events. And uh, also our event, November the 3rd, it's a men's night out, free night for guys. It's dinner and it's a free show taping or live show taping. And uh, we'd love to have you come out November the 3rd. You can get more information on that on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening to Solid Steps. Tell somebody about us. Pray for us. And uh, we will be back next week. And we appreciate your listening. And uh, thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio.